Being a Better Man, Episode 44. It's story time. All right, guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Story Time with Alf. Story Time is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. The name of this story is Hobo Norm. It was the summer of 1972, and I was 10 years old. By this time, I had earned a certain amount of freedom. We lived on a little farm out in the country, and I spent a big part of every day riding my bike down all the back roads and trying to find places I'd never been before. There was a river just a couple miles from our house and train tracks that went over the river on an old wooden trestle. This was one of my favorite places because you couldn't drive to it in a car. The only way to get there was to walk down the tracks or down a long dusty trail that ran parallel to the tracks. It was a magical spot, one of those spots that gets burned into your memory and will remain with you until you die. There was a tall clay bank where someone had put a rope swing, and on a hot day you could swing out over the river and let yourself go into a deep pool. Then the current would catch you and sweep you over to a nearby sandbar. There was another little creek only about six feet wide that emptied into the river at the same spot. The water from the creek was warmer than the river, and you could go back and forth from the warm water to the cold water. The fishing was good in this little spot, and there were lots of crawdads, too, little mini freshwater lobsters, and I would bring them home every week, and my mom would let me cook them myself. Sometimes I came here with friends, but most of the time, I would find myself there all alone, just enjoying the nature and the sound of the water. It seemed like it was my place, like I owned it. I had made a little hut on the bank out of willow branches, and I would lay in it and pretend like it was all mine. One day I went to the trestle like any other day, and as I was sitting on the bank, I heard a noise behind me. Startled, I spun around and saw a man. At least, he seemed like a man. He didn't really act like any man I had ever known, though. He was smaller than most men I had known and he was sitting on the ground, hugging his knees up to his chest. He was shivering as if he were cold. His clothes were dirty and tattered. His eyes were wide, and he had a look of fear in him, like a child who was lost. I just stared at him for a minute, watching him, and then I said, Hi. And he said hi in return, and then we continued to stare at each other for a few more moments. Since he was the adult, I was kind of waiting for him to explain himself or give me some instruction or to take the lead in some way, but he didn't. He just kept sitting there, hugging his knees. He was a pitiful sight, and the more I looked at him, the more I realized that he wasn't doing very well. 
I had never seen a man in distress before, so it took a few minutes to put it together. Finally, I said, Are you okay, mister? By way of a reply, he looked at me in a shaky voice, said, I'm so hungry. It had not occurred to me up to this point that this man did not have a house full of food somewhere where he could get something to eat. Not only that, but he was sitting in a wild garden full of berries that he could eat, in front of a river full of fish and crawdads. For an adult to be hungry like that confused me a great deal. Then I said, My name's Alf. Where, where did you come from? He let out a long sigh, and for the next few minutes he told me his story. He said his name was Norm. He grew up in New York City. He didn't speak well of the city. He said it was dirty and full of mean people and concrete and noise. So one day he was by the train yards and there was a boxcar with an open door. He climbed in with some blankets and a little food. He didn't know where he was going. All he knew was that he was leaving the city. Then he told me about many of the adventures that he had, other people he had met who were also riding trains, getting chased by railroad workers, finding new empty trains to ride in. He told me about all the amazing sights he had seen out of the open boxcar door as it rolled through the country. The mountains, the vast oceans of grass, the dark forest, and the bitter cold nights. His food had run out quickly, and he had been surviving on the kindness of strangers and other travelers who shared their meager meals with him. As he told me his story, I was transfixed, riveted to my seat, listening as the story unfolded. I had read stories of hobos and railroad bums, but I thought it was all old history. Yet, here I was, talking with Norm, the hobo. His story eventually brought him to where we were. He said the train had slowed down almost to a stop. He looked out and saw a place that looked like it should be in a fairy tale, with a sparkling river running through it. He was talking about my special place. So we got off the train and just stayed there. He had not had food in days, and he hadn't had any money in weeks. And if he was going to die, he would rather die in a pretty place like this, instead of inside a smelly old boxcar. He said, I don't even know where I am. Where is this place? I said, we are in Washington State, Olympia, Washington. His gaze trailed off into the distance, and he said under his breath, I've come so far. As his story ended, we both sat in silence for a few moments. I didn't know what he was thinking, but I was trying to wrap my brain around the notion that somebody would expect to die of starvation in a warm, sunny place with food all around them. I had never encountered a completely helpless person before, much less an adult. For me, it was like discovering an entirely new species. That's when I took charge. I told him to stand up. I had something to show him. He stood up shakily, warily. I walked about ten feet behind where he had been sitting, to where Himalaya blackberries as big as my thumb were hanging in a cluster. I picked one and handed it to him. He looked at it like he didn't know what to do. Eat it, I said. He put it in his mouth and his eyes got wide. 
Then he started picking them all and just stuffing them into his mouth. He was laughing as he ate. I also noticed he was crying at the same time. Norm didn't have any provisions, nothing. He had literally been reduced to the clothes on his back. No toilet paper, no toothbrush, no comb. Even his blanket had been stolen by another hobo. I told him I would be back with some things, and I took off on my bike. As I rode towards home, I was elated. I had my very own hobo. I was the luckiest kid on the whole planet. When I got home, I filled a backpack with everything I could think of that Norm might be able to use. Extra clothes, soap, toilet paper. I even found an old toothbrush. My mother just thought I was on one of my pretend military missions and paid me no mind at all. She was used to me doing things like that. Then I made him some sandwiches, my favorite, peanut butter and homemade jelly. Then I went out to the garden and I loaded up on produce. There were radishes and cucumbers and some green apples from the tree. I got a dozen eggs from the chicken pen. Then I raided my fishing tackle box and I got everything he might need to catch some fish. I found an old pan and a couple pots Mom never used for him to cook in. When I was all done, my Boy Scout pack was stuffed to the gills. It was actually overflowing, and it was pretty heavy. It was difficult riding my bike with it, but I managed. I'll never forget what it was like when I showed Norm all the things I brought him. It was like he had won the lottery. It was like a drowning man whose feet finally touched the bottom, and he realizes he's not going to drown. It was like somebody finding their child who had been lost. It was, it was like I saved his life. He went through everything like a kid on Christmas morning, opening packages. When he got to the cucumber, he held it up and asked me what it was. I told him. He said, what do you do with it? I said, you eat it. He laughed and said he'd never seen one before, that it looked like a big pickle. Over the next couple weeks... I visited Norm every day. He was like my very own personal pet hobo that I was completely responsible for. I was shocked every day by all the things Norm did not know about the natural world. He was like a baby to whom everything was new and fascinating. We made him a pole and I taught him how to fish and how to catch crawdads. At first he felt bad about killing and eating them, but he got used to it. I taught him how to build a fire. I taught him how to do everything. He would run out of things like butter and toilet paper and sandwiches, and I would resupply him every day. And every day we would talk for a long time. I would teach him things about the world around him, and he would tell me stories of a dark, terrifying place where there was no joy. After a couple weeks, Norm looked a lot better. He was clean and healthy looking. He wasn't scared or cold anymore. And one of the clearest memories I have is on a day we were sitting there by the river, being warmed by the sun. He had just eaten. Norm looked up at the sky into the breeze. His eyes were closed, and he had the biggest grin I'd ever seen. And he said, Life is so good. I think that memory sticks with me, because I've never heard anyone before or since say it quite like that and mean it so much 
the way Norm meant it on that day. One day, maybe three weeks after I had found him, I went to visit Norm, and he was gone. The camp was cleaned up well, like I had taught him to do. All that remained was the little fire pit. I called out to him, but he was gone. I found a note under a rock, written on paper I had brought him. His penmanship was like that of a five-year-old, but I could read it. The note just said, Thank you, Alf, for everything. I have to go. There are things I need to do in the world. Have a good life, Norm. I sat there for a long time, grieving the loss of Norm. I thought he would just stay there forever and I could just take care of him. I had felt so important and now I was just a ten-year-old kid again. Being able to help Norm and teach him things had made me feel special. For a little while it was like I was the adult taking care of a child. The future seemed very boring and meaningless by comparison. When I told my mother about Norm a couple years later, she freaked out pretty bad thinking about all the things that could have happened. I suppose she was right. It could have went a very different way, but it didn't. I've always treasured my memories of Norm in that summer of 1972. I still go to that spot occasionally, and never without thinking about Norm and wondering whatever became of him, wondering if he ever did the things he needed to do in the world. When I consider the lessons that I learned from Norm and this whole experience, there are truly too many to contemplate. It would be impossible to try and list them or name them all because they're the special kinds of lessons you only learn when you are teaching or helping someone else. When you're sharing your knowledge or helping someone else learn something, you learn so much about yourself in the process. For lack of a better term, you are expanded as a person. Perhaps that in itself is the lesson. Never miss an opportunity to share your knowledge with another person. When you give of yourself with no expectation of reward, it is then you are rewarded in ways that you cannot imagine or define. I hope that makes sense to you listening. I don't know how else to say it. Now go out in the world and share your strength and your knowledge and be a better man today than you were yesterday. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad signing out.